The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, June 18, 2023, on the basis of Exodus 3, verses 1 through 15. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. Is there anyone that you just can't stand watching movies or TV shows with? What I mean by that specifically is somebody that right when the movie starts, they're asking questions or predicting how the movie's going to end. From the very get-go of the movie, they're asking, oh, I wonder who that is. Oh, is that going to play a role in this movie? There's a goldfish. That must mean something. That, is that the bad guy? What's going on? Who's this character? What's that mean? Someone you just want to yell at and say, what are you even asking? Just sit down, watch the movie, and we'll figure it out by the end. Now, I must admit that when I watch a movie for the first time, I am 100% that person. <laughs> I am constantly asking questions, wondering what each character is doing, looking at every little detail because I want to know how it's all going to play out in the end. But when you don't know the whole story, it's really hard to ask all the right questions. It's easy to get caught up in the wrong details. I'll be asking what the significance of one thing means when by the end of the movie I realize I really should have been asking about something else the entire time. But it's not just with movies that we tend to ask the wrong questions. As we look at the lesson from this morning in Moses, it's, it's easy to want to cry out to Moses and say, Moses, why are you asking these questions? You're asking all the wrong questions. You're caught up with all the wrong details. The, Dis the Israelites are going to be delivered from Egypt. Don't you worry. Everything's going to work out. Don't ask those questions. Moses was focused on the character, but not the right one. He was focused on the character of himself. He lost touch of what the whole story, of the story that God revealed to him. He was only focused on all the little details and the wrong ones at that. But it's not just Moses who asks these kind of questions. As we play out our movie, as we live out our life, we tend to ask all the wrong questions and get caught up with all the wrong details as well. Yet, yeah, as we'll see today, despite all the wrong questions that we ask, all the details that we got, get caught up in, the Lord always provides the right answer. Lord says who he is. He says, I am who I am. I don't think that we can really blame Moses for getting caught up in the wrong character. He thought that he was the main player in this story. He thought he was the focus. And when he looked back at his life and all that he, that he had done, I wonder what his character description would have looked like, what he would have written down. If I had to guess, he would have written things like vigilante, murderer, coward, failure. And that's exactly what he has recorded for us so far in the book of Exodus. And in chapter 2, we hear him tell that story of, of when he tried to play the hero, when he thought he could deliver the Israelites himself. He saw the Israelites being oppressed and he killed the slave driver that was oppressing them. But he didn't get the response he was looking for. The very people that he was trying to help instead rejected him. And rightfully so. What, 
Who did Moses think that he was? Right after this rejection, Moses would flee into the wilderness of Midian, and he would stay there for 40 years. And he had 40 years to ponder that question, who do I think that I am? One day as he's shepherding his flock in the wilderness of Midian, he comes across this strange sight, a bush that's on fire, but not being consumed by the fire. And so he goes over to this bush and hears the angel of the Lord call out to him and tell him to go. Deliver my people from their oppressors in Egypt. In the conclusion that Moses comes to, in that question, who do I think I am? His conclusion is evident in the questions that he asks. The angel of the Lord calls him and Moses replies with disdain for himself. He says, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Moses knew exactly who he was. He knew his character description. Why should he think that the Israelites' response would be any different than it was before? Why should he think that they would accept him? He rightfully thought that they would probably reject him. And while Moses doesn't record these questions, I'm sure that these kind of questions were running through his head. Lord, were you there? Did you notice that the Egyptians are oppressing your people? Did you hear the scream of the Egyptian as I killed him? Did you hear how I was rejected by my people? Did you see how I ran and fled in terror for what I had done and how I've been hiding here for the past 40 years? Do you know who I am, God? And you want me to go and do this. It's hard to imagine how Moses must have felt as he was unstrapping his sandals to stand before the Lord. And while it's really hard to imagine that scene of the bush and Moses standing on holy ground and hearing the Lord's voice, it's not very hard to understand how he must have felt. I have a pretty good view up here. I look to my right and your left and I see that beautiful portrayal of the burning bush and as I mentioned in the children's devotion that burning bush reminds us of this story that we heard this morning it reminds us of the call that the job that God gave Moses and the job that God gives to pastor to myself and to you too and when I think about that job that he gives us it's, it's all too easy for me to also start asking all the wrong questions if I look back on my life I I would probably also say, who, who do you think I am, God? Who am I that I should go and spread the news of your love for your people? Who am I that I, I should be considered a spiritual leader of a congregation and, and do that work? It's easy to get caught up in our characters, to, to focus on ourselves. Yes, if I write my own character description, it, it's very easy for me to identify with Moses' struggles, to feel unqualified, uncertain, powerless. Well, thankfully, I've never felt this way here. Going out into the world and being scared of being rejected. But what do we expect from the people that God calls? Is it possible that we have, we're asking all the wrong questions when it comes to who God should call to do his work. Do we have this notion that God only wants the people who have everything figured out with their lives, that know what's going on, know what to do? I don't think that's necessarily like 
a crazy notion to come to, crazy conclusion to come to. I mean, we expect our teachers to know their material. We expect our trainers to be in shape. We expect our bosses and managers to be qualified to boss and manage. But if God were to only call the people that have everything figured out, I can tell you right now that we would have a whopping sum of zero people to go and spread the message of God's love and his word. I hope I'm not dropping any truth bombs on anyone up here when I, when I tell you that Pastor and I, we're far from deserving to be the ones that bring you the message of God's mercy. But when you're only in touch with the character, whether it's Pastor, myself, you, or your family, it's easy to ask those questions. It's easy to come to the same conclusion that Moses came to and say, not only who am I that I should go, but to look at the character and say, who, who do they think they are? Who are they that they should lead? Thankfully, when Moses was asking all these wrong questions, God responded with the right answer. God answered not by answering the question of who Moses was, but by answering the question of who he is and what he does. Moses was worried about himself. He was worried about how he'd be received. He was worried about what would happen to him as he went to go deliver the Israelites from Egypt. But God takes the focus off the character of Moses and us, and he puts it on himself. The Lord tells Moses who he is. He tells him his name. He says, I am who I am. The Lord. That name is packed with, with action. And that name invites us to take a step back and stop looking at the character of Moses and ourselves and to look at this redemptive story as a whole, where we see all of God's action, where we see God do what he does, where he stays true to who he says he is. God revealed this redemptive story to Moses already at the burning bush. He told Moses exactly what would happen. He told Moses, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Looking ahead in the book of Exodus, right now we're at the burning bush, but eventually all that would happen. They would come back to this mountain where Moses would receive the Ten Commandments but there was a lot of struggle for Moses between the burning bush and when Moses received the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. Moses would continue to struggle with, with who he thought he was and how he felt it fit into this redemptive story. It wasn't something that happened overnight, but as this story played out, as God delivered his people from, from Egypt, Moses would continue to see how God revealed his interactive, his personal, and his loving nature by doing what he does, by staying true to who he is. At the burning bush, we hear Moses say, who am I? And as the story plays out, we, we see how Moses learns to take the focus off of himself, instead focus on the Lord and what he has done for him. 
you continue to see who the Lord is and what the Lord does. And looking back at the story of the burning bush and then going forward in the book to the Ten Commandments, uh, they're standing below at the base of Mount Horeb, and Moses is up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments. And during that time, the Israelites lose patience with God, and they, they tell Aaron, make us a God who we can see, who, make us a God on our, our own terms. So they ask Moses to make a golden calf, and they bow down and worship this golden calf. And while Moses is up on the Ten Commandments, the Lord, of course, is angry with the Israelites. He says, I want to carry out my wrath on the Israelites. You can deliver a new people. And we see Moses be educated in that struggle, right? From the burning bush, we see, hear Moses say, who am I? But I'll read a portion here from Exodus uh, when Moses is standing on the mountain. And we'll, we'll see just how much Moses grows from saying, who am I? To saying who God is. Moses says, Lord, why should your anger burn against your people, whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out, to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn, your, turn from your fierce anger. Relent and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self. I will make descendants... I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. So we see how much Moses grows, right? Through the struggle, Moses is educated, learns who to rely on, but what if Moses didn't grow at all? What if Moses kept the focus on himself and who he was? If Moses still wanted to play the hero figure that we heard in Exodus chapter 2, that comes right before the reading for today where he goes and wants to be the hero, kills the Egyptian, wants to deliver this people himself, says to God, God, you made me with heroic qualities. I'm a deliverer. It's what I do. So, you know, I'm losing patience with these people too. Go ahead. Wipe them out. Let's start over. Let's try again. But no. Because of what God told Moses the first time on Mount Horeb, at the burning bush, Moses was patient with his people, and he essentially held before the Lord the very thing that the Lord had revealed about himself. Moses knew who he was. He was a person that was sick with sin. But it's because of God's answer to that question, who am I, that Moses knew exactly who the Lord is and what the Lord does in it. The answer to Moses' question, who am I, the Lord responds with mercy. That distilled mercy. It was that mercy that Moses would communicate to the very people that he was called to deliver. Like I said, it, it didn't happen overnight. There would be a lot of struggle for Moses as he wrestled with who he, who he was and how he fit into the this story of redemption for Israel. But over time, we see that growth where Moses stops asking, who am I? And instead focuses on who God is and what he does. How God reveals that name throughout the story. I am who I am. We see how Moses is equipped to lead. How Moses is equipped to answer all the wrong questions, not by relying on himself, 
but relying solely and fully on the Lord. When we look at Moses, it's easy to look at that character description. When he says, who am I, we might be tempted to ask those same questions. Yeah, who is he? Who does he think he is that he should lead the Israelites? But then we'd be asking all the wrong questions too. See, God's very calling of Moses and of Matthew and Paul for that matter dispel the idea that gospel ministry is only for those who have it all figured out. That as if the very essence of gospel ministry were to be, look at me and my example and try to live up to my example. Be like me. I'm going to tell you what to do and here's how you can get here. No, that's not what the gospel ministry is about at all. By God's very calling of Moses, Matthew, and Paul, we see what the, gospel, the essence of gospel ministry is. The pouring out of God, that pure, distilled mercy. A mercy that's not for the people who think that they're spiritually healthy, have things all figured out, the people that think they're the, their own heroes and their own re, uh, salvation story. No, that mercy is for people that know they're sick with sin and are in need of a Savior. That mercy was shown most clearly in Jesus' ministry, where Jesus poured out that mercy on the cross. And it's because of that mercy that Jesus showed on the cross that God no longer sees us as sick with sin, but as pure and holy in his sight. Jesus takes the focus and the burden off of us and he puts the focus on himself. And that mercy, that pure, distilled mercy, that, that's exactly what we're focusing on today. God's grace, how it comes to us, that love and forgiveness, how it comes to us through the word, yes. But God also calls people to distribute that word, to give us that word in a variety of ways. He calls and appoints people like pastors over congregations, Sunday school teachers over classroom, parents over children. And because these people are clearly sinful and realize that they do not have it all figured out, it makes it obvious to them and it makes it obvious to us that their job is simply to pass along that mercy that was shown. They know that the answer to all the questions that we have, and we know the answer to, lies in that name. I am who I am. The answer lies in who the Lord is and what he does for us. So whether you, you ever stand here behind this pulpit or sit in the pew, remember how the Lord answered all of Moses' questions and objections. Not by focusing on Moses, but by putting the focus on him and the mercy that he has poured out for you. I mentioned a little earlier the great view I have up here, looking at the portrayal of the burning bush and the etching on the glass and the stained glass above it. And now that reminds us of the job that God gives us to go and make disciples, to go out and spread that word, and, and how it easily makes us think of all the wrong questions. But those questions are quickly answered when you see the name of the Lord etched in that glass and you hear the Lord say, I am who I am. 
When you hear that, I am who I am, it invites us to take a step back from our own character and to look at this redemptive story as a whole. It invites us to look at our story. And as we watch our movie, our life play out, it can be easy to be distracted by all the crazy twists and turns, and it might even be distracting the very people who God calls to deliver that mercy. But despite the people that he calls, despite all the, the crazy details in life and all the questions and objections that we have to the calling he gives us, we know where the answer to those questions and objections lie. They lie in who the Lord says he is and what the Lord says that he does. And it's because of who the Lord is that we know exactly how our story will play out. Amen. Thank you.